0: we begin a new series of messages, and this new series is on the living out God's will. Okay? Uh, the message series itself, the whole series is entitled, God, what do you want me to do? Um, no doubt you've asked that very question. You've faced a situation, a particular scenario developed, and you said, God, what do you want me to do? And the reason we ask that question is because we desire to follow God's will, right? And we desire to honor Him, so we seek His counsel. So, God, what do you want me to do? That's that's the title of our series uh, in the next five weeks. Now, as we begin this series, let me begin by making a clarification right up front, all right? Uh, What I want to share with you is that as we talk about the will of God, I want you to understand that I I will not be addressing a specific area in your life, all right? Um, I won't be answering a specific question that you have and that you've been asking God about, all right? So I won't be getting real specific. For example, you know, I personally can't answer the question if you're wrestling with whether or not you should pull up roots and move to a different part of the state so you could be closer to children. I I can't answer that question for you. Um, you know, I, I can't ask you if you're a young person deciding, where should I go to college? Well, that's a specific uh, request, but that's something I can't answer for you. Uh, maybe also you're uh, wrestling with uh, a dream. You know, God has uh, brought some ideas into your mind, and you're wondering, should I... Take a leap of faith and pursue this dream that I think God has placed in my mind, in my heart. Well, again, I can't specifically answer that question for you. Um, and no doubt, through your experience too, you've probably discovered, you know, that like God sometimes is silent regarding those specific, those particular areas in our life. He just doesn't uh, write something on the wall for us, or no plane soars across the sky and leaves a trail of words that says, do this. You know, God is oftentimes silent. And because God is silent, that doesn't mean he don't care. We know that he does care. And here's what I've discovered regarding God's silence. Ah. God does care, but he's more interested in the process than giving you a concrete answer. Okay? So that's very important for us as followers of Jesus to grab hold of and implement within our lives. You see, God, Jesus, is more interested in the process than giving us a specific answer. You see, it is in the faith journey that character is developed and our relationship with Jesus goes deeper. It's that process. It's the walk of faith. And that's what God is so interested in in each of our lives. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. And he wants us to go deeper. And oftentimes that takes place in the process as we seek His specific will for our life. So a lot of words just to say I can't answer a specific in your name, but I can answer that question in a general fashion. So God, what do you want me to do? Well, there is an answer, all right? In your journey to discover what particular thing God wants you to do, understand that there is also some general revelation, some general things that God wants you to do, okay? And so we're going to be focusing on that. Those general things, those things that God wants us to do. So anyhow, here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12 and 13. And it's from those two chapters of Romans that we receive guidance regarding God's will. Okay, we're trying to answer the question, God, what is it you want me to do? Well, chapters 12 and 13 of Romans gives us direction. It answers that question. And here's a quick overview of where we're going to be going in the next five weeks. I'll just share this up front with you. Now, week one, of course, is today. We begin, and today we're going to talk about God's will for you, okay? God's will for you as you follow Jesus. So we're going to look at that and then answer that. In week two, we're going to be talking about God's will for you regarding your church. Okay, so God does have a will for you. God does want you something to do in respect to your church. In week number three, we're going to talk about God's will for you in your day-to-day pursuit. So as you live this thing called life, each day, day in and day out, there is some things, there are some things that God wants you to do that he calls his will, all right? And then in week four, we're going to be talking about God's will for you in relationship with other believers. And again, it focuses on how we are to relate and to treat One another. And then lastly, in week five, we're going to talk about God's will for you regarding you and your country. Okay, you and your country. So, the series that we are beginning today is entitled, God, What Do You Want Me to Do? We're going to be doing a series on the will of God. Well, there is an answer to that question. And we begin our quest for God's will in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. So I want to invite you to take your Bibles, if you have one with you. Would you open up to Romans chapter 12 as we embark on this this journey of discovering and living God's will. But today we're in Romans chapter 12, looking at verses 1 and 2. So follow along, and I'll read those verses for us. Therefore, I urge you, This morning's message outline is an alliteration. Um, If you'll take a look at the outline in your bulletin, you'll see what I mean. Uh, We'll be using the letter M as our alliteration tool, okay? Uh, The outline is as follows. Here's the alliteration. We begin with point one, which is a mandate. We move on to motivation. Number three is the method, and then we'll conclude the message with my response so we're using the alliteration focusing on the letter m so beginning in verse one we begin with the first letter Uh, one is uh mandate in verse one we have our mandate and uh, we could also say this is god's will for your life uh god's will or mandate for your life is this and here's point number one uh the mandate is this you are to be a living sacrifice You are to be a living sacrifice. Now let's uh, take a look at that phrase, living sacrifice. It's it's an interesting phrase. And here's what I want to draw your attention to. What is interesting about this phrase, being a living sacrifice, is that it's an oxymoron. Okay? When we seek to understand and answer the question of God, what does he want me to do? Uh, He wants you to live out an oxymoron, all right? He wants you to be a living sacrifice. Now, an oxymoron, you can see what it is. An oxymoron is a combination of contradictory or incongruence words. And, for example, here's another oxymoron, cruel kindness. What's that? Well, Here's, here's some more. You've heard these before. Here's some more oxymorons. Uh, freezer burn. You know, or jumbo shrimp okay random order okay these are uh they don't necessarily go together okay uh, here's a couple of biblical oxymorons and uh, the first one is right here so the last will be first and the first will be last okay it just doesn't go another one from the bible here second corinthians That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and in hardships and in persecutions and difficulties. And here's the oxymoron. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay? And so what we are asked to do here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as we seek what is God's will, God's will for each of our lives as we live for him is that we are to be a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice sacrifice. Well, let's let's unpack that a little bit. Now the word living there, a living sacrifice, living suggests vitality. Living suggests vitality, living suggests movement and growth and change, okay? That's living. Remember, the mandate, the will of God is that we be a living sacrifice. So he's interested in us growing, changing, Moving. That's what he desires of us. Now, the second part of that is sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Well, we're all pretty familiar with a sacrifice, but here's what I discovered sacrifice here speaks of surrender. Okay? He wants you to be a living sacrifice, he wants you to be someone who is moving, growing, changing in surrender. Okay? Sacrifice in surrender to God himself. So we're talking about God's will for your life. God's will for you, here's the mandate, God's will for you is to be growing, changing, and moving forward in surrender to God. Again, we're answering the question, God, what is it you want me to do? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, He wants you, each of you, including myself, wants us to be... Living sacrifices. So that is the mandate. Also contained within verse 1 is the motivation for being a living sacrifice. So point 2 is the motivation. The motivation for surrendering to God our lives is God's mercy. Okay, so that is the motivation. The mandate is I want you to be a living sacrifice. Why? What's the motivation? The motivation is God's mercy, God's mercy. Now, let's define mercy. Mercy is one of those awesome words that you often hear used in Christian circles. Here's what mercy is. Mercy is defined as not getting, okay, that's important. Mercy is defined as not getting what you deserve. So when God shows you mercy, you do not get what you truly deserve. That's mercy, not getting what you deserve. You see, you deserve punishment for your sins. That's what you deserve. But Jesus took your punishment. You deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus stepped in and he accepted God's wrath. You did not get it. You deserve death because of sin. Remember, Romans tells us, for the wages of sin is death. You deserve death, but Jesus died in your place. You did not get that. That is mercy. So because of God's mercy, you are not punished, you are not experiencing God's wrath, and you are not going to die. So mercy is not getting What you deserve, not getting. So the motivation here to live as a living sacrifice, and redefine that, right? Living talks about growth, talks about movement, talks about change. And sacrifice is um, humbling yourself and submitting to God's will. All right? The reason we do that, because Jesus did it all for us. And we celebrated that fact this morning as each of us took the elements of the Lord's Supper, the bread and the juice, and participated. Because of that, that's the motivation behind why we want to be a living sacrifice. So the mandate is clear. You are to present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. That's the mandate. The motivation for doing so is the mercy of God. Because you did not get what you deserve, that should motivate us to live you know, in obedience and so forth to God. Now we consider the method. Okay? Remember, we're in the outline here. Um, uh, no, the third one here is method. Now, answer the, we, this answers the question how. So, we're to present ourselves. As living sacrifices because of what God has done for us. Okay, how do we do that? How do we present ourselves as a living sacrifice? Well, let's look again at verses, uh, verse 2 of Romans 12. Uh, verse 2 articulates the method for us. The verse reads Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being a living sacrifice requires a twofold process. Okay? We're answering the question, how? Oh, here's the method. Here's the method. The author here, which is the Apostle Paul, Paul says in living a sacrifice, there's a twofold process. One, don't conform. Number two, but be transformed. Okay, that's the method. Don't conform but be transformed. There's a do not and there's a do in this method of becoming a living sacrifice, right? It's twofold. There's a do and there's a do not. Well, first let's look at the do not. Here's the do not from verse 2 of Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's our instruction. As we become a living sacrifice, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Okay, let's define two terms here in verse 2. Uh, the first term is conform, and then we'll talk about world. So do not conform to this world. So what does conform mean? Conform means to be molded. That's what it means. Conform means to be molded, to be pressed into a mold. When you're pressed into the mold, you take on the shape, the form of that mold, right? That's how it works. So we're instructed, don't, be, don't conform to conform. To the pattern of this world. Don't be pressed into the world's mold. The pattern of the world. Don't be pressed in there. That's how we uh, fight this idea. uh, That's our pursuit in being a living sacrifice. Now the second word is world. So we don't want to conform to the world. What's the world? Well, we've talked about this before. The world is that system of beliefs uh, that is contrary to what God desires. When we talk about the world, we're not talking about the globe here that we live upon. Uh, The world here is referring to that system of beliefs, that way of thinking, that teaching that comes out of the world that is contrary to what God desires or what God teaches. And so as we seek to become a living sacrifice, uh, we do not want to conform. We don't want to be placed in the world's mold. We don't want to think like the world. We don't want to act like the world. And that's the first step in uh, becoming a living sacrifice. In the world, here's, let's just quickly run through what the world believes. And uh, so this is what the world fires at us. Here's the system of beliefs. Okay, here's the philosophy. Here's the thinking of the world that uh, is uh, shoved into our faces on a daily basis. All right? Um, So here's the thinking of the world. Here's here's the way of the world. The world will say, there are many gods, not just one God. Okay, that's what the world will tell you. And that's what the world wants you to believe. There's many gods. And uh, that's number one. Or they'll say, the world will say, well, you know, all beliefs are acceptable. We all end up in the same place. So if you want to follow Buddha and you want to follow Jesus, we're all going to end up in the same place. See, that's what the world wants us to believe. Now, after each one of these statements that I make regarding the philosophy of the world, you can go, eh, right? Because that's the wrong answer, okay? There are many gods, eh, no. Uh, All beliefs are acceptable, eh. Okay, here's number three. We say truth is relative, which means truth is based on what you think and how you feel. That's what the world wants you to believe. Right? Okay. Number four, you can believe whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm anyone. Uh, Right? Okay. Human value is determined by age. If you are very young or very old, you do not have value. That's the world. Uh, Right? Okay. Money, here's another world value. Money is power, pleasure, and success. Get lots of it. Okay. Who you are, here's the world says, the world says to you, who you are as a person is determined by your environment. That's not true. Okay. Lastly, if you are a consenting adult, it's okay. <clears throat> okay. Now, what I've just shared with you is the ways of the world. And as you seek to become a living sacrifice, which is God's will for you, as you seek to become a willing or a living sacrifice, there is a don't. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be pressed into the world's mold. Doing so will cause problems. So part of being a living sacrifice is not conforming to such thinking that the world has thrown our way. So there is a do not. We also need to switch gears here when we talk about being a living sacrifice and talk about the do. Okay, So there's a do not in the process we're talking about the method. there's a do not. We also need to talk about the do and there is a do expressed there in chapter twelve verse two. And here's the do verse two do not be do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. okay, we got that. And here's the do. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. could be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. So, as you seek to be a living sacrifice, which is God's will for you, uh, there are some things you don't want to do, and there's things you want to do, and the do that you want to do is renew your mind. Okay? That's what we need to do. Now, that word that's talked about being uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that word transformed is the word that we get metamorphosis from. Okay? And you've, uh, you know metamorphosis. Just uh, think about the, the butterfly. It uh, starts out as a caterpillar and becomes a pupa, and then eventually becomes that butterfly. That's the metamorphosis. So what the Bible is telling us is that, you know, we need to change, and we need to change from the inside, then out. All right, we're changing from the inside, and we're going out. And that's part of renewing uh, our lives. Change happens in our lives when we change the way we think. That's what it's saying. And thinking is so, so crucial. Uh, we got to change the way we think. And as we change the way we think, our lives change as well. So we want, there's something that we want to do. So we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We want to change our thinking. Um, I want to share just a a part of a song here with you. And this this song is really dated. It was written by Bill Gaither and uh, probably... I, I think it said 1984, so it's like 30 years old. And it was entitled uh, Input, Output. It was a children's song. Does anybody kind of, does that remind you of anything? Input, Output? Somebody you are going like, uh, nope? Okay. Well, anyhow, it's an oldie, and it's a children's song, and it's pretty cool. You can get it on YouTube and see it, you know, and listen to it. Input, Output. But here's what it says. And this was written just, oh, probably... Right about the time computers were starting to really come on the scene. And here's what his verse says. Input, output. What goes in is what comes out. Input, output. That's what it's all about. Input, output. Your mind is a computer whose input, output daily you must choose. Let the Bible be your primary feed. It's got all the data you need. Talk to Jesus all the time. That's the way that you can stay online. If your printout reads to lie or cheat, there's some data you should delete. Debug, debug your mind of sinful bites. Then you will operate all right. Okay. So again, that ties in with the whole idea of the method. Okay, what do we... To become a living sacrifice whether it's something you don't do okay we don't want to be molded into the world's way of thinking but then the positive is the do what is it we want to do what well, all focuses on the renewing of our minds you know our minds are a computer and daily you must choose the input that you put in because what you put in is what you get out and so we want to be careful of what we're doing so that is the method, okay, the method. And then lastly, we come to the final part, final part, and that's my response. And so your response is, you know, I need to change my thinking, change my thinking. Uh, finally, brothers, here's Philippians 4 Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is uh, right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um. So part of being a living sacrifice, which is God's will for you, okay, remember the title is, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Well, God wants you to be a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. And the way that we be a living sacrifice is by not conforming to what the world has said and then... Allowing God and his word to transform our thinking. Because what we put in is what we get out. So, what is it you need to do regarding your thinking? Okay? What do you need to do regarding your thinking? Um, Remember, our goal, we know this is God's will, is that would be a, a living sacrifice. But oftentimes we are dead sacrifices, okay, and what happens to dead things, okay, begin stinking it up, all right, we get to stink it up, so what's stinking in your life, all right, what's stinking, what is it you got to change when it comes to thinking, what lie of the world have you thought, hmm, that's not necessarily wrong, or what lie are you kind of accepted, and it's kind of govern your life what is it you know if you if you think money is the answer to your problems uh, that's a stinking sacrifice all right Uh, if you if you think that life is not valuable especially when it's in the womb or when it's in the hospice care or whatever if you if that's your thinking eh, that that That's stinking thinking. That's that's, a stinky sacrifice, all right? If you're thinking, well, hey, you know, I'm the boss here. I can decide what needs to be. I mean, just this is what's right for me, and I'm going to do it. Eh, I mean, that's stinking thinking, and you end up being a stinky sacrifice, all right? So our challenge is to examine our thought process. Are we being molded by the world out there? Or are we being transformed by investing in the truth right here, God's truth, right? Because God's will, his mandate for you, is to be a living sacrifice. And you be a living sacrifice by not conforming, but by being transformed. And when we pursue that, God is so good you experience blessing in his favor let's pray together father god thanks again for this opportunity to be just challenged in our thinking and uh lord that's as we have seen here from scripture it all begins in the way we think so thank you for challenging us Um, lord thank you thank you for making it clear of what you expect of us Uh, doesn't necessarily answer that immediate decision that we got to make but uh As we move to that decision, Lord, you've asked us just to be a living sacrifice, so help us. Help us to avoid the pattern of the world, but help us, Father, too, through your Spirit, to be transformed in our thinking. May we have a hunger for your word, and may we apply it into our lives. Lord, we know that that's your will for me. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.